Welcome, welcome, welcome to Victory Through Guts, episode 15, the JWP special. I am Dylan Murray, joined as always by Alex Richards. How are you doing? I'm good, yeah. We're in we're in a bit more of my wheelhouse today with uh with what we're covering. So very excited. Yes, um this is of course the original JWP. Uh we didn't really watch a ton of it, but um because uh Evito Pro, is that what they're called? Yeah, they've been uploading a lot of JWP stuff from um, the late 80s and early 90s. Obviously, we're in 1991. So um, we thought, since there's not really anything in AJW to do until the Japan Grand Prix in a couple months, uh, we'd take some time off and, you know, check out some other places in the world. Um, well, not in the world. In the world of Joshi Wrestling, at least. Um, so, yeah, this will be like the first half of 1991 in JWP. Um, Alex picked out eight matches. Um there are obviously more. I know there's one or two that we that we didn't get to watch that we sort of wanted to, but just because of you know we don't want to be watching 12 matches on one episode. Um, so so we ended up watching eight matches. Four of them are from the UWA Championship Tournament, or no, five of them, right? I can't uh, count. I think it's yeah, five. Yeah. Yeah, five of them are from the UWA Championship Tournament, and then um, three of them are just you know matches afterwards. Uh, all three of them. Containing Mayumi Ozaki, which we will talk about a little bit later. I'm sure you all know her. Oz Academy, um, you know, one of the most legendary Japanese wrestlers of all time, yada, yada, yada. Uh, this is her in 1991. So we will get into that a little bit later. But first, I don't know what I was befirsting. Oh, we should probably just get into the tournament. You want to just get right into it? Yeah, uh, we probably watched these matches in different orders, I just realized, because some of them were the same day. Hmm. Well, I'm just going to go off my order, and you're going to have to adapt, okay? Struggle. Um, <laughs> so the first match I watched was Miss A versus Tsuki Yamazaki um, in the first round of the UWA Championship Tournament. Um, I'm, I don't know if you watched this one first, but we're going to get yeah, into it first. Is that cool? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, it's a former Jumping Bomb Angel against the future Dynamite Kansai. Um, how did you feel this match went? It was it was good. It was really like intelligently worked, and that really stood out to me. Like it just I don't even know why, but it was just a very intelligent wrestling match, and I really appreciated that. Like it's not the sort of match that you you usually see, especially not in Joshi. But um, I loved it. Yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. Yeah, this was one of my favorite matches that we actually watched of the entire of this entire episode because. Um, it was intelligently worked. It was really, really just clean. Um, it was very basic in the way that it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, it, it started. Actually, I really, I'm going to get into the, the beginning because I really liked it. It started with Miss A attacking Yamazaki out of, or, yeah, out of this corner, um, throws her outside of the ring, gets outside of the ring herself, and then Yamazaki throws her leg into the, um, the corner post. So then the rest of the match was focused around um, Miss A's fucked up knee. And I thought that it's like, oh, well, that's pretty basic. Like, you know, it's just, you know, working the knee and, you know, a bunch of that type of stuff. But it was really, really well done. It was really interesting. And it was really, like you said, intelligently worked. Um, I personally always in my mind see Miss A as the attacking figure. So um, to see her, especially against somebody like Yamazaki and not somebody who's, you know, bigger than her, like stronger than her, somebody who's, you know, relatively smaller than her, see her on top instead of Miss A was kind of a, an interesting surprise to see, wouldn't you say? 
Um, yeah, it was a nice change of pace because uh, look, Miss A really did get straight back to uh, kind of dominating by the final. But uh, it was interesting to see her on the back foot here and seeing how Yamazaki exploited the injury. Yeah, I, I like I said, this match was incredibly worked. Um, at one point, there's a little little spot in the match that I, I did really find interesting. Was at one point Yamazaki had Miss A in an ankle lock, and Miss A was like crawling to the ropes. You know, she's crawling, crawling, crawling. She finally gets her fingers on the ropes, and she's like trying to pour herself more. And then the ref kicks her fingers off because um, in Japan, you know, if you get a rope break, you have to get like a full rope break. You can't be able to just move your arm. So he kicks her her arm off, and he just and she just slaps the shit out of his leg, and like tries to sweep him. Like what the fuck, man? I'm trying to do this. It was, it was it was really funny. Like I don't know, Miss A. This brought a certain thing to her to her matches, um, especially a little bit later on. This is a, still a bit early, but um, especially later on, which becomes Dynamite and Sai, she brings this like sort of aura to her matches and a sort of like just charisma to her matches. Um, that isn't even like. I don't know if it's purposeful because it feels like it's just very, very natural um, that she just does like small things that are really, really interesting um, and really, really cool in her all for matches. Um, yeah, I, I like this match. I forget what the finish was. Let me let me check. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so Miss A started to mount a comeback. Um, she starts kicking the shit out of, out of Yamazaki because, of course, she does. That's that's what she does. And it's really, really good. Um, then Miss A hits a tombstone, misses a big high, a big diving headbutt, but gets back to her feet and hits a lariat for the win. It was a bit of a like just fast finish, like you didn't even like notice that was happening. But after the tombstone, you were like, okay, yeah, she's like this is gonna end pretty soon. Um I feel like that happened in a couple of these matches where it's like somebody hits a tombstone and then it's like, okay, that wasn't the finish, but the finish is coming in like the next minute or two. I don't know why. I don't know if that's just like a JWB thing, but I've noticed that very, very frequently in like two or three of these matches that one of them hit a tombstone and then a couple minutes later it was over. Um so yeah, I, I, I like this one. Um, they ended up shaking hands afterwards. They bow to each other. Um, and Miss A advances to the uh, semifinals of the tournament. Indeed. Um, you really took that one home, huh? Yeah, I, I, I talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I took such precise notes. on Because that's the thing. The difference between JWP and AJW is that in JWP, you can actually write down what's happening. In AJW, shit just happens every five seconds. It's like if I, if I take a second to write down exactly what's happening, I will never like I won't be able to say this out loud because there will be seventeen million things that have just happened in the past minute and a half. In JWP, it's a bit I don't want to say it's slower because it's still very well done, it's very well paced and all that, but you can actually like take time to like, you know, um, I forget what the word is to just like take in the wrestling. A bit more than AJW, because in AJW it's just like, okay, we're going now, and it doesn't stop. Um, and sometimes that's really, really good. And you know, like I said, I, I love a good Akira Hokuto match in 1991, and a lot of her matches are like that, um, such as her match against Aja Kong, or such as that tag match last month that I really, really liked. But it is sort of interesting uh, that I actually have this point where it's like, oh, I could just take notes about what's happening and like, you know, the the big points and the high points and all that stuff. So um, yeah, I I, I enjoy it. I enjoy JWP for that, um, but it does sort of get into a rhythm that sometimes is a little bit less than desirable. We'll talk about that in a match um, in a little bit. Uh, do you have anything else to say about that match? Because I know I, I've just been talking this entire time. Um, I, I appreciate the finish that um, Yamazaki tried to kick out, but it was like she couldn't shift her weight enough to get the shoulders off the mat. I always love that kind of finish. Um, and it wasn't one of the uh, mid-80s AJW ones where you're like, 
Um, no, her her shoulders are up, are up. Like, what what are you doing? This one, like, you could see her move to kick out and try to lift Miss A, but she just couldn't. And I think that was a really cool finish uh, to the match. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I feel like um, that's one thing of like the '80s. That's like the the pin pinfalls are very very sus in that. Mm -hmm. They are always like, oh, well, I kicked out like after three or like, oh, I actually kicked out, but nobody saw it or like blah, blah, blah. But I felt like this is one of those those times that it's like it worked very, very well, where it's like she didn't necessarily kick out because she couldn't shift her weight, but like she could have kicked out if she could have shifted her weight. So it keeps her looking a little bit good, but at the same time, it still gives Dynamite or Miss A, sorry, it still gives her the shine that like, oh, yeah, she legitimately beat her. It's not like she like kicked out, you know, like I, I always... I always hyphen back to the um, Hogan Warrior match that, you know, Dark Sides of the Ring just covered, mm -hmm. where Hogan just stands back up and it's like, what the fuck? And I was like, dude, like, I get your Hulk Hogan, but like, come on, like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. That's besides the point. <laughs> um, that, that was a very common sort of thing to happen in the 80s with the protecting yourself type of thing. And it's like, oh, you have to pretend like if it wasn't for this like half a second i would have gotten up and it's like i i'm better than this and it's like no just give the other person some shine for once it's not that big of a deal and yamazaki did that very very well here um like i said really enjoyed that match um and we will move on to the next uh first round match how about that mm -hmm. next up is um eagle sawai versus shinobu kandori um this match was not great well not that it wasn't great it just was very I don't know. How did you feel about it? Because I know that you like both of these, so I don't know if, if I'm just like massacring a match that you really really liked. But I wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. Match. It wasn't a great match. It was. It was a very interesting match, though, to see uh, Eagle Sawai so clearly play the heel um, against Kandori, who is very much one of the top stars of JWP, but also has to get out of the tournament. So they have to be very intelligent with how they booked it so i thought that was interesting like uh it was very heavy on Sawai being like the more powerful heel um and when kandori did kind of fight back that was when it got good but it was definitely it was lacking it was just kind of a first round match that needed to get kandori out of the tournament while protecting her more than anything else yeah uh, that that's definitely true and i felt like that was sort of the case for um the the next match too but they did it in a bit more of a I mean, it's a babyface versus babyface match, so they did it in a bit of a better way. Um, but in in this match, it it did end in a bit of a you know math finish. I'm cool with it because like it like you said, they need to get um, Shinobu out of the the tournament. But it ended um, with basically the entire match. Let me break it down a little bit. Eagle was just being kind of a dickhead, right? Because she's being a heel, she's being you know just annoying Kandori. And if you know Kandori, she doesn't take a lot of bullshit. Like that's that's sort of her entire thing is that she is not like dealing with other people's bullshit. So um, Eagle was very much you know the the dickhead who was just sort of like getting around Kandori and like surviving all of the things Kandori would give her, and then just like you know slapping her on the head or like throwing her out of the ring and just like a lot of you know basic heel stuff. And Kandori decided, you know what? I'm done with this shit. So she gets in the ring and just starts wailing on her with a chair um, and gets disqualified. So like like Alex said, it was definitely a way to keep Kendori protected without her having to win the entire tournament. Um, do I think it was the best finish? Probably not. Um, and it, it wasn't a great 11 minutes of wrestling, um, especially considering... And, and that's one thing about these matches um, is that 
all of these wrestlers are really, really good. And we know they're really, really good. So our expectations might have been a little bit higher for some of these. And we'll get into one of them that, um, for me, it was a bit higher and it, it didn't really meet, meet that. So it's like, I know Eagle and Kandori can have a really good match. Um, but I know that this is also a first round match where somebody has to lose um, in a cheeky way. So on one hand, I definitely get it. But on the other hand, I don't think that I enjoyed the match enough for the finish to be excusable, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the finish will definitely sour a lot of people on it because it was the predictable, you know, get the main eventer out of the tournament so that she isn't losing to, you know, a Miss A in the next round, you know. So I, I get it, but, um, yeah, you know, they had to do what they had to do, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's all you could really say is they had to do what they had to do, but, you know, is what it is. Um, The next match is uh, Harley Saito versus Devil Masami. Um, once again, a, a first-round matchup in the UWA title tournament. Um, Wait, no, it's the semifinal, isn't it? Oh, is it the semifinal? Is that where the semifinal starts? Yeah, oh, fuck. See, this this tournament was weird because there was only two oh, first-round yeah, yeah, yeah. matches that I believe aired. Um, I don't know if there was, like, more that happened or if um, people got, like, a buy into the semifinal. But, uh, yeah, the, the only two first-round matches that aired were the uh, Yamazaki versus Nisei. And Sawai versus Kandori. Yeah, I, I imagine Saito and Masami both uh, won a match before this because I feel like, I mean, they might not have, but they definitely were both built up strong enough to where they could easily, like, Devil Masami could have beat Ozaki and, you know, Saito could have beat uh, Scorpion or Cutie Suzuki or, you know, Mickey Honda or somebody else. Um, so I, I definitely could see that, but like you said, there's not really any um, indication of where that rest of the tournament is. So, um, yeah, you're right. I, I checked. It is the semifinals, the first semifinal of the tournament. Um, yeah, how did you feel about this one? I'm going to get your opinion first. So, I didn't actually watch this uh, yesterday or anything. I watched this recently just on my own for fun. Mm. Um, and I thought it was an excellent display of David versus Goliath professional wrestling. And one of those matches that furthers the case for Harley Saito just being one of the best wrestlers around at this time period. Because, you know, she got a lot out of Devil Masami. Uh, Masami is still in that weird in-between phase where she's trying to, like, work like she did in AJW, but also adjust to JWP. And she hasn't yet, in, you know, gone full, I'm just going to murder people mode. So she's still kind of iffy and you really have to bring it to her for to get the best out of her. Um, and Saito, I think, did that drag. You know, she got her to a, a really interesting match here that played into, you know, the psychology of who they are very well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, this was this was weird because I felt like the crowd was very, very into it. And um, this, that's, that's one thing that I, I wanted to note is that at a certain point, like you said, it was very David versus Goliath. Um, Del Masami was on top for almost the entire match. Um, and at one point, Devil Masami uh, just stomped on Harley Sayo's hand. And then, you know, the crowd, like, gasps. And then you hear somebody, uh, an American, with an American accent, say, Shit, I hate when that happens. <laughs> what young American male was at a JWP show in 1991? Probably Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i'm like i'm like who but even he was a big AJW guy i don't think he gave a fuck about jwp 
Uh, he's, he'd definitely be a Devil Masami fan. Yeah, that's fair. But but I was just like so shocked. I was like, that was that wasn't like a Japanese person like speaking English. That was a you know fluent native American speaker. <laughs> like like that's not American speaker, but American English speaker. And I was like, that's odd. And and it also sort of when I heard that, I realized I was like, oh, that's why the crowd sounded different. Because in this match, the crowd was a very very hype, very like you know loud relatively. Um. And JWP is sort of known for having a lot more of a, you know, docile crowd in comparison to an AJW or to, you know, in a few years to LLPW and JWP even then. But, you know, original JWP was was very, you know, the crowd was typically pretty quiet. They didn't get super hyped very often. Um, and when they did, it was a really big deal. So this match from the jump was really like the crowd was reacting very, very strongly to it. And I'm just like, huh? Like, I, I was like, damn, Devil Masami must be fucking over as a motherfucker. But it, it turns out that it's just Americans, um, you know, yelling because you love to do that. Um, but overall, I, I did really enjoy this match. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. A, a part of it is definitely Devil Masami. Like, I think it, her being yeah. in JWP was such a big thing for the company because she was very much a very popular part of the early to mid 80s in AJW so like she was a relatively big name from the boom period that uh, I definitely feel like a lot of people liked just to see her even if it was a bit of nostalgia so she always got louder reactions I find than most of the other JWP talent yeah 100% on um she she definitely her her facial like that's one thing. Um, you you said that Devil Masami is sort of like in a weird limbo period here. Um, as somebody who's mostly seen Devil Masami matches from like the you know mid nineties, well not mid nineties, but like the early to mid nineties, not early, like yeah, the mid nineties. Since as somebody who's seen most of that, I always knew that she was good, and I'd I'd seen a couple of her matches in the eighties, obviously. But I always thought I always knew that she was good. But I feel like on this show, like on these matches, I realized that it's like. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, like, and this isn't even her at her peak, but it's like, I definitely get the appeal because she's just very, very good at what she does in being a complete monster and just beating the shit out of people. And when she's wrestling somebody like Harley Saito, um, that's very, very easy for her to just be good at what she does. Um, and I, I really appreciated this match. Uh, Masami just beat the shit out of her, hit her with power bombs, power drivers. She had a couple swirlies, um, or the, uh, flapjack I, I forget what they're called you know the alley oops mm -hmm. i think yeah she she had a bunch of alley oops you know she she did a bunch of shit saido and saido was just fucking dying um but she kept um kicking out and that's that's a testament to harley saido i feel like um a lot of her, the pull of harley saido matches is just seeing her sell things so aggressively and her just die on everything and then kick out so you know like underdogly i don't know for some reason, Harley Sayo's kickouts just hit different. I don't know if I'm just reading into it, but they just hit so different when she kicks out of a move because it just looks so cool. She's a smaller wrestler. She's usually getting her ass beat, but when she kicks out, it feels like she is, is a burst of energy, you know, out of a kickout. Maybe I'm just I'm just reading into things too much. What do you say? I mean, she's a she's an excellent babyface. Um, I. There's, there's no doubt about it. She was very good at getting a crowd amped up and behind her. Yeah. Um, except in this match where everybody was very, very not solely behind Masami, but they were very behind Masami um, because obviously it's Devil Masami. Um, but in the end, Harley Saito is able to get 
a, a win over Devil Masami with the five-star clutch. Um, I forget what it's actually called, but Yo calls it the five-star clutch, so I'm calling it the five-star clutch. Um, yeah, it was it was really fun, especially near the end where Saito was just trying to get, you know, last gasp, you know, wins over Devil, and then she actually did. And um, even for, like, a minute and a half afterwards, she was just dead on the ground, just, like, laying there. While Devil Masami, like, you know, because it was a roll-up, it sort of makes sense. Devil Masami was like, what the fuck? Did I just lose? Oh, no, I lost. And De Harley Saito was just, like, on the ground, like, completely, like, lifeless, just laying there. And I was like, that's that's how you sell a finish. That's, that's a good finish right there. Um, so, yeah, Harley Saito advances to the finals. Um, devil did good devil things, and I enjoyed it. Um, you have anything anything else to say about it? Um, no, not really. Just that, uh, you know, Harley Side is great. Yeah, I, I don't think that could be that could be stated enough. Um, next match was Eagle Swai versus Miss A. Um, I don't really remember this one as much. Like, I I remember it. And I remember watching it, and I know what happened in it, but I don't remember how I felt about it. So, do you want to really? take this one? Well, not take it, but do you do you want to dive into it a bit to rejog my memory? Well, to be honest, I didn't think there was a lot to grasp onto. I felt like it was a very again, it was kind of felt like a very heel heavy match with Eagle Sawai doing a lot of the heel tactics. Um, for Miss A would just fire back with you know her usual kicks and strikes, and then. We took it home. I feel like there wasn't a lot to grasp onto with this one. It was a very basic match, kind of with Sawai playing the heel, and uh, you know, just Miss A being Miss A. Yeah. Um. Actually, I think you're completely right because now that I read my notes, it says this was a very straightforward match, and that that's like I wrote a couple more notes, but that was pretty much it. Um. One one aspect of it was the the beginning. I feel like JWP is really good at starting a match, um, and starting it hot. Uh, and then sometimes they lose along the way. Sometimes they keep it. Uh, this match, they sort of kept it, but it wasn't like the most interesting. But the the start of the match, regardless, was um Eagle or Miss A was climbing up the rope. She was about to get in the ring, and Eagle just beat her down. And then she went out to the outside, and she hit her with probably the hardest guardrail guardrail whip I have ever seen. It like people freaked the fuck out. People were like freaking out, like. She she hit the guardrail and it sounded like her back was just broken into a million pieces and everybody was like freaking out like there was gasps in the crowd it was it was a big you know spot and from there um Eagle definitely worked on her back for a lot of the match um one thing about Eagle Sawai is that she loves to implement the uh, body scissors and her body scissors is one of the most lifeless moves I have ever seen in Joshi wrestling like I get it. I, I get why it works, and, you know, I don't hate it. I don't think that it was, like, you know, as bad as, like, Money Clip Okada levels, but it, it definitely was just, like, okay, we're, we're in a body scissors. You know, like, like things mm -hmm. happen, then we're in a body scissors. Okay. And then you, like, just sort of wait for, like, somebody to reverse or for something to happen, and then it's just like, nope, we're just gonna sit in a body scissors for a minute. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, like, that, that's the thing, is that it's, like, I think Eagle is very good. Like, don't get me wrong. She's a very good wrestler. But these first two matches, these first two singles matches, um, definitely didn't really uh, show how good she can be. As much as her her match, her tag match that we'll talk about a little bit later on, and as much as matches you'll see in the following years, um, you know, in LLPW. So, in, at this point, I don't know if if 
it was like, oh, she isn't good yet. Because I think that she was good. It's just that there was a lot of things that were very just uh, straightforward, typical heel stuff, you know, more so than her being a monster, her being, you know, like a fucking killer or anything. It was just like, oh, okay, yeah, she's she's the heel here. She's working over her back. Um, and that's fine, but it, it just isn't my cup of tea sometimes. Uh, so, yeah, this one was fine. Uh, it ended with uh, Miss A rolling up Eagle Sawai for the finish. Um, so both finalists won their semifinal matches with roll-ups, which mm-hmm. was a bit odd. Not odd. Um, do you know if the UWA is the top title? Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I, I figured as much. But it, it is sort of a weird, uh, a weird place to be in when the when a lot of the matches in this tournament did not have a clean finish. And I'm not against it. I'm not, like, upset with it. I think that it worked out fine, you know, in the end. Everything was fine. But it, it was weird that both semifinalists, or both finalists, ended up winning sort of cheekily. Um, Harley Saito rolling up, that makes sense. But Miss A isn't, like, the queen of roll-ups. She doesn't really do roll-ups, like, consistently. So it was more of, like, a out-of-nowhere flash type of roll-up. It was... um. Shitter with the O'Connor roll, I believe. Uh, no, that's the next match. Never mind. I'm I'm all over the place today. I don't know if you noticed. I'm I'm. It's a long. It's <laughs> been a long week, brother. Jesus Christ. But I'm all over the place every week. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but but it was a bit odd. Um, I don't know if like I don't have like an issue with it. But how did you feel about both uh, finalists winning their semifinal matches via roll up? Um, I think you're looking at it through the eyes of a modern fan. Um. <laughs> The JWP, uh, you know, given the influences and and the people who trained kind of the OG class, I feel like that is more of kind of a, a stylistic thing. Like because um, the God, I can't remember his name, uh, Kotetsu Yamamoto, Yushi Onida, and Gran Hamada all helped train that like very first class of JWP talents. So I think mixing all those together and given the fact that Yamamoto was like a student of Inoki um, you are going to have a lot of that realistic vibe to it and I feel like one of the marquees of realism in wrestling is the strength of roll-ups so I feel like it's something where it was just part of the company from day one and something that was always kept strong um, and just a part of the furniture there so I think it's one of those things where it's meant to showcase somebody's skill more than like being a flash pin or being a bit of a screwy finish it's more of a skill thing yeah um with that history lesson i think that that sort of sold me on uh the uh greatness of that element of this so thank you um that is actually yeah that is really cool because um i am a a big proponent i'm somebody who really does like flash roll-ups it just it, it felt like a thing that was like huh this happened quite a lot in the, in this tournament that I, I wasn't sure if it was just like a thing that happens or if it was just like sort of a, a testament to the tournament being sort of wishy-washy. But now that I know the, the history behind it and the, the history lesson, so thank you for that. I definitely get why they would go with that for the finishes in some of these matches. Um, yeah, like we said, match is pretty straightforward. The last few minutes of it was um, pretty fucking um, intense. Uh, I remember there was one spot where uh, Eagle just started throwing Miss A's head into the the stairs, like the step stairs, um, and she's like hit him, like hit her with it like seven times, 
and then just like went back in the ring and waited for her to get up. And I was like, damn, so uh, Miss A has a concussion now. And then they got back in the ring and everything felt a little bit more intense for the last, you know, three or four minutes. So I did appreciate that. Um, but overall, it was a fine match. The last few minutes definitely did feel like a, a realistic sort of battle. But other than that, it was, um, you know, heel doing heel stuff, maybe face overcoming that in the end. Um, you know, nothing to write home about, but it was definitely a, a pretty damn good match. Fair enough. And then we have the finals. Harley Saito versus Miss A for the UWA championship. Um, how do you feel about this one? I feel like I feel like I as somebody who has not watched a ton of JWP, I am looking to you to to guide discussion a little bit more. So I apologize if I feel like I, if you feel like I'm throwing all the shit on you, but you should have you should have expected this when we got into it. That's fair. Um this is a bit more my wheelhouse, but um yeah, I think this match was representative of why JWP was so great. I feel like its high-end stuff is fantastic up there with some of the higher-end stuff from AJW. Um, this match you had, I, I believe these two are actually the tag team champions at this point. Um, the belts, the tag belts, went like out of commission at some point in 1991, so I don't know if they were like still the champions or if the belts had gone away, but they were a you know very prolific tag team actually Saito and, and Miss A so like that adds a layer to the match almost knowing that you know they're a very successful tag team and um, and the fact that they know each other very well I think adds into the match again because this was another match that I thought is very intelligently worked um but it really showcased everything that was great about JWP you know like the technical work was really interesting and I never usually like technical work like technical wrestling is usually the part where i'm like scrolling through twitter but here it was very entertaining it was very interesting and they kept my attention um and yeah just whenever saito would fire back it was great like saito was fantastic the way she would like jump into kicks so she was giving it a little bit more the way she was just like throwing little knees at miss a's head um, and Miss A obviously was just dominant throughout and with her kicks and her submissions. Like, it was just, again, it was similar to the opener. It was very intelligent, but it was another level of intense and kind of stiff. Um, and knowing that two of them were such a prolific tag team kind of adds to it because, you know, like, some of the counters are like, oh, well, of course, you know, she'd, you know, counter that. She obviously knows that's one of her signature moves, you know? Yeah, um, I, I definitely got the same thing from you. I probably wasn't as high on this as these were, um, possibly because uh, I was watching this late at night, and I also was expecting a lot out of Harley Saito and Misei, because they're two of my like top ten favorite wrestlers. So I wasn't as high on this. I felt like there was a certain level of it that uh, it did like the the pacing felt odd in that it felt like it was very. Uh, the pace felt stagnant for a while, and then it just went crazy for the last, like, minute and a half, which I'm cool with, but it definitely felt a bit uh, oddly paced. However, I do in I did enjoy the story behind it that was um, very much these two know each other very well. They're very similar in, in the way that they do things, but um, their technical styles are different because, you know, obviously Saito is a bit more of a speed type, you know, agility-based striker, and then Miss A is more of the power um submission 
type striker. Um, so they both had that sort of similarity yet key difference between the, the two of them. And I thought that a lot of that played into some of the more interesting and more, you know, uh, intense part of this match. I really enjoyed uh, that Miss A was just sort of beating her up and then Harley Sayo would get that, you know, that gasp of air and she would just run at her and kick her in the fucking face. Yeah, that was always... Saito is like my type of wrestler, you know what I mean? Because like that is the best thing in wrestling is when somebody runs at you and kicks you in the face. Uh, and so I, I enjoyed that type of stuff. Um, and the last few minutes were absolutely incredible. I felt like um, the crowd was firmly behind Harley. Everybody was super into it. And she was getting real close near falls on, on Miss A that were really like making the crowd, you know, buy into the, the finish and when it was coming. Um, I, I did enjoy, especially the last few minutes, uh, the first few minutes, even though I, I recognized that it was really good technical wrestling, I felt like I was maybe just like a little bit disengaged from it in a way. And that was likely more my fault than the match itself. Uh, but I, I definitely did feel a bit disengaged um, for it there, there for a bit. Um, well, that's certainly a, a take I wasn't expecting, but um, I suppose if you went into this expecting Kandori versus Saito, then you probably would have been disappointed. But uh, I still think it was a great match. That, uh, no, I, I, I definitely, I definitely think it was a great match, and I, I'm not taking anything away from it. I think it was, it was, I probably was expecting a mix of a, because I mean, think about it, two of my favorite matches of all time, Saito versus Kandori and Dynamite Kansai versus Daja Kong, uh, involve these two wrestlers. So mm-hmm. I, I was very much expecting probably a bit more than I, I should have, because I do that very frequently. In fact, we both do that quite frequently um, with, with wrestling is that we expect something great. And then it's like, that was good, but I don't know if like I, if my expectations were, you know, too high, which they probably were, but I, I don't, I don't discredit that this match was a phenomenal match. It was definitely a great match. I feel like it was probably more of a me issue than a match issue, but uh, I don't know. I feel like just pacing wise, I was like expecting a bit more oomph to some of it. Yeah, you're probably just used to the, um, because, I mean, I feel like Dynamite Kansai and Miss A are almost, like, completely different wrestlers, because, like, Kansai, especially in AJW, just had this aura about her that really enhanced mm-hmm. the matches, but Miss A doesn't have that, not that she's meant to either, but she definitely, you know, it's definitely missing when you first watch yeah. Miss A in JWP, having seen her, you know, have these wars in AJW where she felt like a megastar, so I can I can kind of understand that. Yeah, I think that's probably a part of it. I did definitely feel a bit of that from Miss A in this match. That's one uh, very high mm-hmm. note of this is that Miss A sort of brought a certain level of like uh, a certain presence to this match more so than she had in the previous matches that we had watched. She brought a certain level of pre- presence, not at the height that that Dynamite Kansai would get um, in the next couple of years, but I definitely felt that that's like, oh, she is like, she is the badass, you know, like she is like this this she has this aura around her. Um, not as good, like I said, as, as it would become, but it was definitely a building block there. So um um all all the things about this match like were great. Like I'm not I'm like there's nothing really to like criticize it for. I just it didn't connect with me, I suppose. Um which, you know, it happens. That's wrestling happens like that. I'm sure I'll watch it again in a month and I'll love it because <laughs> I don't know what I like in wrestling. But in the end, uh Harley Saito did end up winning this match um with a roll up again. Uh, which I thought was really, really cool because I'm really happy that Harley Saito won a big championship. You know, I feel like um, 
because old JWP is very secluded and it's hard to find information on it, Harley Saito's record is that she never really won a top title for an extended period of time. Like, obviously, she ended up, you know, winning some titles, but uh, she was never, like, the the undisputed face of LLPW because Shinobu was there. And, you know, um, there, there was other wrestlers also there. So it's it's nice to see her win a big title um, even before, you know, she, she hit possibly her peak in the next uh, couple years. Yeah, uh, Psycho, I believe, holds the, the championship until this version of JWP folds. So, I mean, she yep. very much goes down as last the champion of the original run, which is, is well-deserved. And, um, yeah, I mean, the LLPW is always a bit um, Pandora or bust, and they really failed yep. to do a lot of interesting stuff with people like Kandori, which is disappointing. Um, but we will always have this uh, this run uh, in the early 90s where she was great and JWP recognized that. Yeah, and, and not to jump into it too much because it'll probably be a bigger story um, in 92 when it actually starts to unfold. Um, but there are certain aspects of like this show that's like, it's, it's weird because Dynamite Kansai and Harley Saito are separate for so, so long. Like outside of, you know, occasional back and forths once in a while like uh, maybe like two or three tag matches but like after after jwp splits they aren't in the same company anymore so they are just pretty you know separate from each other entirely so like a match like this is something that you don't see in you know when you go on youtube and you look up joshi wrestling in in the 90s you don't see this match because this match was a very uh timely match in the in the early 90s with the original jwp same thing with you know the ozakis versus the saidos or you know like the, the just a lot of or even um Gurantai, them tagging together you know they end up sort of separate for for quite a while so it is an interesting aspect of it that's like some of these matches um don't happen again because of the split and it's it's a really interesting thing to just like ponder is like what would happen if this became like the feud for wrestling, you know, for for JWP. If the J if JWP kept going and Saito versus Miss A was just a thing that ran for years, you know, like a like Toyota versus Kong did, you know, if if they had that type of feud or that type of rivalry, um, what would happen? That would have been an interesting to to an uh, interesting thing to think about because um, I am always thinking about really out of nowhere things, and I I think that's. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like that's one thing is that like the original JWP has a sort of aura to it that is very different from both, uh, you know, JWP Project and LLPW. It's it's quite vastly different. Um, in in certain ways that are smaller, in certain ways that are bigger. Uh, but mainly in the roster because there are certain wrestlers that just never really meet again because of the split. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I know you you again are the are the uh, expert. I'm going to call you an expert to, to boost oh your ego. You are the <laughs> expert on this sort of thing. Um, so how do you feel about like the, the idea of like something, somebody like Harley Saito and, and Diamond Kasai who sort of become separate for quite a while, you know, seeing this match and thinking about what they could have done if JWP stayed together? Yeah, I mean, JWP sticking around is, is one of those big what-ifs in, in wrestling. And there's a few of them in Joshi around that time uh, because, you know, this promotion this women's promotion starting up and actually succeeding and not, you know, folding like all the rest of them did and actually challenging AJW was a big deal. Um, 
and yeah, they had the talent to really do a lot and really establish themselves, but I don't know. I feel like the, the, there was just too many deep-seated issues, but um, I definitely feel like had they stayed together, uh, they would not have been as heavily steamrolled in the uh, in the interpromotional wars because I feel like that was always very one-sided to AJW, whereas, you know, a full JWP offering up Masami, Kandori, Saito, and Kansai would have had a lot more bargaining power. Um, and yeah, I feel like Saito and Kandori could have been, you know, the team that maybe feuded with uh, Yamada and Toyota instead of Ozaki and, and Kansai, and I feel like those would have been some of the best matches ever. So, I mean, there's a lot of potential there for them as a team and as rivals going forward, and they could have done a lot of great stuff, but uh, we just never got it. Yeah, I, I, I know. that, that There's a lot of things like that in wrestling. Um, I remember... Uh, it brought, was brought up because of Dark Sides of the Ring, the Ricky Doze ending. Um, I was listening to Meltzer talk about it, about how uh, the Destroyer, like it was very, very specific how Ricky Dozen ended up dying because he wasn't supposed to go to the bar that night. He was supposed to stay home with um, the Destroyer, but the Destroyer was going to miss his flight so he can hang out with Ricky Dozen. But then the Destroyer went to the airport 30 minutes late and they stopped a plane for him. It was like a whole thing that led to Ricky Dozen's passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if if that if the destroyer just didn't go on that plane um and this is sort of fucked up to blame it on the destroyer because that's messed up but if the destroyer didn't go on that plane and went to ricky dozen's house wrestling as we know it just wouldn't exist because you know ajw and, and jpw wouldn't exist like it's just like really small things or really big things in the case of jwp with all of the internal issues um just completely changed the course of wrestling history forever um you know, whether it is in Joshi specifically or whether it is in, you know, Puro or it is just in professional wrestling, period. Um, and it's a really interesting thing to think about. should probably get back to this, even though I don't really want to, because <laughs> the next match is <laughs> by Yumi Ozaki versus the Scorpion. And um, we both talked about this before. It was not very good. Um, I was not a big fan. I know you were also not a big fan. So uh, would you like to... Uh, or actually, I'll start. I'll start on this one. Okay. This match was a very clear indication that... Um, if the JWP crowd does not think that what you are doing is entertaining, they will not sell anything. Um, mm-hmm. They clapped and they like got excited for one early, early spot, like an early high speed spot. Then they were silent until there was a botch and they laughed. That was the yes. only time that they made a that they made a reaction to this match. Um, and I didn't even think it was like that terrible of a match. Like I thought it was like sort of mid, but like they were ruthless like they just did not like but like you know the scorpion would do like a cool little thing and they just would not even acknowledge it and i was like shocked i was like damn like this crowd is is there for good wrestling and if you don't give them what they want they are going to rip you apart um did you get that same feeling from the crowd especially in this match yeah jwp crowds were weird to me like that they were very almost like smarks like they were just like you will entertain me or I will laugh at you. And it's like, all right, cool, chill out maybe. But yeah, they they, they were cutthroat. Yeah, because like, like I said, it's like this match I wasn't high on. I thought it was pretty, like I said, it was pretty mid. Um, it, both of these wrestlers could do better, um, even though I'm not too, you know, um, I haven't seen a sh- ton of the Scorpion. But, you know, from what I've seen, they both can do a better match. Um, but the crowd just like made sure that the match had zero heat, zero 
you know, reception. Anything they did, they just did in a in a void, basically. And it was it was sort of insane. Um, how, how about you? How did you feel about the the meat of the match itself? Um, yeah, it was very bad, and I think it's it's weird because I've read that they had a really really good match like the year before. Um, so like the fact that they had a title match here a year after they had a good match is just kind of like very odd. But uh, yeah, I think just some of the, the botches really set set the tone, and they really couldn't get the crowd back on side after that. Like they tried with uh some very vicious German suplexes and stuff like that. But um yeah, once they lost the crowd, it, it was never coming back. And they didn't really give the crowd much reason to get into it either early on. I felt like the, the early yeah. goings were just very standard. And then came the mistakes, and that was it. Then the crowd was, was gone. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Uh, one thing is that uh, I think Ozaki, she can convince me at least that she had a good match just by doing a few bridges because her bridging suplexes are the most beautiful moves. I swear, they're the most beautiful moves in wrestling. Like, I don't know what it is, like, that she just bridges, bridges so perfectly on her German suplex. That's like, I just watched that, I was like, this is, this is it. Like, this is the greatest move of all time. And it's a German suplex. Like, you see it every day nowadays. But it, it just looked so great. That is one thing that I, I can definitely give to this match, is that uh, if Ozaki just did suplexes for the 13 minutes, uh, I think it would be a lot better. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's weird because Ozaki is is like, it's very good, but she she really didn't show it here. Yeah, um, I I definitely agree with that sentiment. Um, the finish was pretty cool. I I enjoyed the finish. Uh, the Scorpion hit a jumping tombstone, um, and then a moonsault, and Ozaki kicked out, which is just sort of fucking crazy. Uh, and then and then of course you know after all of that crazy shit, um. You, you had to end the match with an O'Connor roll by the Scorpion for both of the titles. Oh, yeah, this is for the JWP and UWA Junior Championships. Um, I don't know if it's, like, actual junior or if it's just for, like, the more... Yeah, it uh, is. Is it? Well, oh. kind of. It's, it's like, the, you know, the, the less experienced I... wrestlers, but I think it transitioned then into the, the smaller wrestlers that they just don't yeah, want to give I, a big belt to. I compared it to, uh, like, the Stardom High Speed belt, you know? Where it's like, it's like it's not an actual high speed match. Like this was like a bad Stardom high speed match. In that, it was like supposed to be high speed, but it also wasn't fast, and it was kind of sloppy, and it just was like not great. Um, in that, you know, it went what twelve minutes, which is way longer than you know a match of this type should re- realistically go. Um, but regardless, Scorpion ended up winning the titles. Um, and yeah, I think she goes on to feud with Cutie Suzuki in a um, very world-renowned, well, not world-renowned, but a very popular feud um, from 91. Uh, I think we'll watch that at some point in the next couple months, uh, if it's up. I don't know if it's up. I have to check. I think one of the matches is up, but the other one might not be, but I'll keep an eye out. Okay, then yeah, um, but her and Cutie Suzuki end up um, feuding a bit over the next few months. I hear it's very, very good. Uh, if we find it, then we will watch it. If not, that sucks. Um, and yeah, that's that's all I could really say about that match. Um, you got anything else? Nope. Okay. Then now it's time for probably my favorite match of, of this entire thing. Um, Eagle Sawai and Mi- Miyumi Ozaki 
versus Devil Masami and Miss A, um, Eagle Sawai and Miyumi Ozaki. You said they're they're Gor Gurren Corps, right? Like that that was like they yeah. that is what they are. Okay. Um for me, because I'm I'm very, you know, I, I watch very different periods of wrestling. Uh Gurren Corps I always associate with uh the the team, the group that was um heavily heavily involved in the stories surrounding the AJW um, Exodus of 1997 um, with Sakshu and Kresha Maitamari. Um, Linus Asuka's in it, and Eagle Sawai is in that as well. Um, I think Miyumi Ozaki is in that one, uh, but she joins later. I don't know. But yeah, so I think of that Gurren Corpse, uh, but that doesn't really fucking matter because this match was great. Gurren Corpse, this is Gurren Corpse. This is Gurren Corpse. You just call them Gurren Tai. You know that, right? Gurren Tai. That is a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I, I call it. Same Gurren thing. It is the same thing. Just like a way to tie is the Awaito corpse, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like I first saw Awaito tie as Awaito tie and I first saw Gurren Corpse as Gurren Corpse, so it's like it's hard to switch it off my brain. But yeah, Gurren Tai, which is way easier to say. Um, they absolutely killed in this match. I love this match altogether. Um I thought that Double Masami just beat the shit out of everyone. Like, I felt like everybody had real good chemistry with each other, which was weird because, um, you know, Eagle and Miss A had that match that wasn't particularly amazing. Um, and Double Masami and Miyumi Ozaki have a house show type match, which was fine. Um, and we'll talk about that next. But, you know, this was a very specific match where they all worked very, very well together. Do you share that sentiment? Um, yeah, I, I thought I really liked the uh, the Gurantai heel work here. The the heel stuff was a lot of like small stuff, like taking advantage of you know two on one situations when they came came about. Uh, you know, having one person get in the ring to do a double team move. Uh, they would like scrape at the back of of somebody when they were in submission. Uh, like I really liked that heel work. It wasn't like overt and it didn't detract from the match, but it still made you want to root for Masami and uh, Miss A. Um, and yeah, Miss A and Masami did, played the roles to perfection. I think Masami was a really good face in peril when they were working over her knee. And then Miss A was able to come in like a house on fire. Um, so yeah, very well worked, entertaining match to me. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love this one. Um, it, it I feel like all of the spots hit very well. And like you said, all of the heel spots were integrated very well so that's not taking away from the match as much as it's adding to a match which is what a heel spot is supposed to do um and overall i i did really enjoy this one uh one of my favorite spots was eagle got got miss a in the dreaded body scissors and miss a simply got out of it started punching her in the face and then started kawada kicking her and then tagged in devil masami to beat the, the shit out of her and i was just like damn like, why can't people just simply do that? You know, it's like simply, I'm going to get out of the submission, punch you in the face, kick you for 10 seconds, and then walk to my corner and get a tag. Like, I was like, like, I feel like that's one thing that uh, Miss A does better than anybody is that she is a very, like, I'm just going to do this. Like, I, I, like I'm simply going to powerbomb you and then stretch you and then kick you and then powerbomb you and then stretch you. And she makes it so compelling, even though it's her doing like three things. You know, like that that's one thing that she is, is better than possibly anybody else is just making the most simple and basic things incredibly entertaining and interesting. Um and, and like you said, the the heels here played their work perfectly. Ozaki was a fucking rag doll the entire time. That Masami's just tossing her around and fucking, you know, 
Miss A was tossing around too. Um, at the beginning of the match, one of my favorite spots um, that was repeated in the next match as well was um, Double Masami picked up Mayumi Ozaki for for a, a suplex, and she put her into a fire into a um, military plus, runs to the other side of the ring, throws her outside of the ring, and Eagle catches her. And like it's a crash and burn type thing, and it just looks so brutal. It looks even worse in the next match because of the camera angle. It looks like she threw her like ten feet to the ground, um, even though she mm-hmm. didn't. But it, it just is such a fun spot, and that's one of those spots that's just like it gets me hyped for no reason. It's just a very you know not basic spot because it is a pretty fucking intense spot, but it's it's pretty simple. It's not like a ton, but it's just one of those simple things that just really like gets me going. It makes me very um, excited about a match. And yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed this one altogether. Um, Ozaki is like the weak one in the match who like would find certain ways to like you know uh, get her healing out and like cheat and you know use her agility sometimes. Uh, and and that's one thing is Ozaki hitting a a German suplex was a really well built thing because both of these wrestlers are way bigger than her, way stronger than her, way more you know. I don't want to say skilled than her, but, you know, presented as more skilled than her. So her finally actually hitting a grappling, you know, maneuver uh, was a big thing that didn't happen for a, quite a while into the match. Um, and I really liked those little underlying pieces of this match. Um, and then before I get into the finish, do you, do you have any any uh, gawking about the, the middle of the match? Because like I said, this is probably my favorite match uh, of the of the show that we're doing today. It's It's really fucking good. Uh, I do not. You're definitely more into this than I am, so uh, yeah. take it away. Okay. Yeah, I, I fucking love this match. Um, if you couldn't tell by me saying I love this match like seven times by now. <laughs> um, but near the finish, uh, it sort of got more even because for the most of it, uh, there was some healing done, you know, whatever. Like, you know, they would get some heal heat, but it was mostly Miss A and Devil, you know, controlling the match for the most of the match. Um, near the end, um, Gurantai got a little bit more offense, you know, became a little more even out, and then Devil just simply, like, killed Ozaki with a with a Liger bomb, and Pinder for the win, and it was it was really cool. Um, after the match, uh, Gurantai beat the shit out of Del Masami. Um, well, they tried, and then Del Masami beat the shit out of them. And it was quite funny um, because they both attacked her with like chairs and stuff. And Devil Masami's like, nah, I think I'm good. And she is like, she just threw him. And, you know, like it, it was just like all over the place. And I was just like, yeah, this is this is what I like. This is why I like our wrestling. Um, this is one of those matches that it's it's similar to that one match that we watched last month with uh, um, Hokuto and Hasegawa against uh, Gokumanto, where it's like. It's just a fun tag match. And I think that's my favorite type of wrestling. It's just when a tag match has good spots in it, you know, well done teamwork. The heat is 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 immaculate. It I feel like that's just what I want out of wrestling. It's not the greatest match of all time, don't get me wrong. You know, it's not, you know, the 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 ultimate wrestling match, but I really do just have a thing for these really fun and well done and well worked tag team matches that go at a little bit of a faster pace. Um so that's why when something like this comes up, I do really, really enjoy it. Uh, maybe a little bit more than the average person. Um, yeah, I just called you a pleb. What up, Alex? <laughs> um, yeah, sure. You you bully me a lot on this show. It's 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 fine. It's whatever. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a. It, it happens. It happens. You know, bullies are really fun. Never mind. I'm. I, Jesus Christ. We're, we're recording. We're recording. There's a video game called Bully, and I was just like about to go on one of those tangents I usually do after we're recording. Where it's like, I just like right. talk about random shit when I hear a word, and it's like, oh yeah, that. And I was like, it's probably like, you know, 
do a show, but uh, <laughs> but we are on our last match, um, the eighth match of, of the day. Um, Devil Masami versus Mimi Ozaki in what felt like sort of a house show match. It felt very, you know, run of the mill, but I felt like everything in it was pretty fun to watch. Um, how did you feel about it? Oh, I was so bored. Um, it, Damn, I felt really? Like, yeah, it felt like it was on the ground with uh, Ozaki just, like, having Masami's leg and a heel hook for, like, 10 minutes. And I was like, all right, cool. And then once they, like, got up and started doing stuff, it was definitely a lot better. Um, but, yeah, this was very much a match for the live crowd. Um, based on the fact that the production was hor- horrendous, like, I should have known oh, straight yeah. away that this was... Probably just a house show that they taped to, I don't know, put it on TV or something. But, um, yeah, it was very much a basic match that neither of them really broke the bank here. But, uh, you know, I, I suppose it, it did its job of uh, letting Masami beat up Gurren Tyson more. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, there, there were some... I, I enjoyed aspects of it. I felt like Ozaki was really good at, like, you know just being the weaker and just, you know, getting her ass beat. And then she eventually started chomping, chopping down um, the Giants, so to speak. Uh, and she, you know, used a bridging figure four. I'm pretty sure she created the figure eight in this match. Maybe not in this match, but she, whatever. Um, and she also did some Greco-Roman foot biting, which is, is a very, very good match, <laughs> a very good good move. Um, if, you, if you add the words Greco-Roman to any move, it sounds a lot better. Uh, so that's why, you know, Greco-Roman backrake, such a great move. Uh, besides the point. Uh, yeah, like you said, it was pretty run-of-the-mill um, at one point. And even though she got a lot of heat on her, it never felt like Ozaki could actually beat Devil whatsoever. Um, even at one point, Eagle Swai got in the ring and they both went for a double lariat and Devil just beat the shit out of him again and then did the <laughs> military press spot again to Ozaki and threw her outside of the ring. Um, so... It was very clear that Ozaki was not going to win this match, even if she could cheat her her way into a victory. It probably was not going to happen because uh, Del Masami was just going to kill her anyway. Um, yeah, it it was fine. Um, I enjoyed that that military press spot. Uh, the finish was pretty fun with you know another just fucking big ass Liger bomb on Ozaki for the win. Not not much, like you said, it was a pretty run the mill house show type match, but you know. If you enjoy a good, you know, just Del Masami beating someone up and then getting worked over on the leg and then beating her up some more, uh, I, I think that you'll probably find this one a little bit better than Alex. I feel like Alex is, like you said, he's not a big technical guy unless it's an interesting technical thing. And this was not particularly uh, interesting or calculated. It was just, I am going to attack your leg um, and not a lot more than that. So I definitely get where you're coming from in your criticisms of this match. Yes, uh, what you're saying is I am correct. Sure, sure, Alex, <laughs> you are correct. Um, but yeah, that's the eighth match. Um, I watched all of these last night, so you know, there in the middle, I probably did like black out and just like that. That's probably what I'm. I'm chalking up my um, you know, bare level feelings about Saito versus Miss A is that. I, I was just like, it was late and I was watching all of them because I procrastinate watching shows for, for my podcast because I am a, a, I am a mess of a human being. Um, but overall, <laughs> how did you feel about these, these eight matches? Because I know they were up and down, but um, how do you feel about the first half a year of JWP as we have watched it? 
Um, I think I probably made some uh, bad, just you know, choices here because there were some matches that I left out in favor of like Ozaki versus Scorpion and stuff like that. Um, just because I wanted to give us an overall picture of you know a lot of the main players who we will eventually come to talk about thanks to their time in AJW. Um, in saying that, though, I feel like it gave us a good overview of what the company is about. You know, I think the the, the high-end stuff was, was great, and it could be up there with some of the better stuff that AJW did even that year. Um, but it definitely exposed one of the issues, which I think is that the, the depth just wasn't there, you know, like when it wasn't... It, a Harley Saito and Devil Masami or Miss A and Harley Saito, some of the matches could tend to dip in quality. Um, but I definitely feel like there's definitely some matches that were probably great that we didn't watch. Like there's a Gurantai versus Kandori and Saito tag match that is probably excellent and I'll probably watch that eventually on my own time. Yeah, but, me too. You know, I think uh, as a look at what the company is, I think it definitely gives a good look at, at how JWP was and how good it was and kind of what it was like you know, just before the split. Yeah. Um, I, I feel very similar. I feel like um, we sort of got into it a little bit earlier, but I feel like watching this pre-split split JWP is really just interesting as, you know, like I said, there's not a ton of information on it compared to uh, post-split JWP project and LLPW. So it is uh like this really weird time for for JWP where it's like um I feel like these matches aren't like very popularly known as much as you know oh well yeah everybody knows that you know Toyota beat Ajakong or Toyota faced Ajakong here or, you know uh Bonacano defeated but like everybody knows that sort of stuff and I feel like these matches are a bit more you know under the radar they just came out on YouTube a few weeks ago if even um thanks to um Avito so thank you very much to him because he has been really killing it with the uploads and whatnot. Um, overall, I definitely did enjoy it. I definitely thought that uh, the house style, as you'll as you'll call it, was um, a good one, and it was clean and it was very uh, good wrestling. You know, what I mean, like like I was telling you before the show, AJW felt like it was wrestling on cocaine. Um, this felt mm-hmm. like it was incredibly well done wrestling. That sometimes you know got a little bit more hectic a little bit more you know you know obsessed and a bit more you know chaotic and sometimes was a bit you know too basic wrestling where it's just like okay this is you know you're missing in the places that you sort of have to hit to have a good match in a jwp setting um whereas in ajw if it's a car wreck then it's it's kind of interesting at least uh even though it could be a bad match uh seeing two people just fucking throw each other around and just have a terrible match is also sometimes interesting um and here it's more you know if you if you say a good joshi match this is this is a good joshi match company um maybe i'm boiling it down to build a little bit too much and maybe i should have stopped stopped talking but (laughs) i I think that that jvp really killed it um even in their in their weaker matches i felt like there was certain aspects of it that i could enjoy um and yeah I, i really enjoyed doing this special with you um next month we will probably do another special i don't know if if it's probably going to be fmw um so fmw special two woo um maybe i don't know we'll, we'll have to figure it out <laughs> maybe J- maybe the second half of the year for jwp um if all that stuff gets uploaded and if we can find it i don't really know um all i know is that the uh, japan grand prix doesn't start until august 
and uh, next month is July. So obviously we have a month to sort of go uh, to find some content to cover. So yeah, um, I hope you enjoyed listening. Alex, do you have any parting words? Uh, yeah, watch pre-split JWP. It's a fun time. Uh, put respect on Harley Saito's name. Uh, even though her name wasn't Harley Saito at this point, I just continue to call her that because it's in in my brain as Harley. Harley, Holly, it's or Holly, whatever. Yeah, it, it's not yeah, it's a very thing. slight change, but you know, yeah. I I I do feel the need to point out that uh, we are aware that her name around the time she won the tournament was Holly, but uh, yeah, we just keep calling her Harley because that's all we know her as. Yeah, and it's 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 different from like Miss A to Dynamic and Sai, where it's like yes. they're they're quite different, you know, as not as characters because they're still the same. Like they they didn't like change drastically, but they're very different in just presentation and how they um their aura, as we talked about. That it's it's very different. So we do stick to Miss A, but Holly Harley, if you're trying to get on us for that, dude, get a life. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was really mean. I'm sorry. Um. But yeah, I, I think that ends the show. This was a bit longer than I was actually expecting, a little bit over an hour. Um, if, you know, trimmed down, I'm not sure if it's going to make it to that. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Next month, please join us once again. Go check out the backlog, except for the first five episodes, because those are fucking terrible. Um, You know, <laughs> appreciate Stardom Quest. Stardom Quest is every week. We talk about stardom, if you couldn't tell. Um, and one more thing. Um, I'm, 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 forgetting, I'm forgetting who... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to tell your mom and your dad and your dog and your friend and your friend's family and your friend's family's cousin and your friend's family's cousin who lives in Abu Dhabi. Shout out to Tar and Patty. Um, those are my homies. Tell everybody you fucking know that Victory Through Guts is the best Joshi wrestling podcast in the business. Ejo. Ejo.